Hello, everyone, and welcome. I am going to break down embracing death, grief and anguish, suffering, pain, discomfort, and uh, and I'm going to do it uh, one episode at a time. As dark as these things seem, <clears throat> they have tremendous value in our lives. So let's start with death. And before we start with death, I just want to let you know the things that we're talking about are not going to be discussed to make us sad or depressed. This is going to this is going to lift you up. Sometimes it takes a second, but it will. We're going to understand how the greats, the high performers, the very consciously aware, those that have tremendous meaning and purpose in their lives and and derive a lot of value day to day in their in their life how they use how they use discomfort pain anguish suffering and and the reality of death and our own demise to serve them so let's get into the values and the principles and how it works first of all meditating on our death and being aware of our own mortality is actually not as morbid and is not as much of a downer as you would think it is in fact the experience of thinking about our mortality, as long as our values and principles and daily activities are beginning to line up into the kind of quality of life that we'd like to experience, even if we're not where we want to be, gives us a very unique and playful relationship with our existence. And it also gives us a sense of clarity and euphoria that can be pushed into the next day. It's very, very encouraging, actually. It starts out as sad. I know this by experience. But as you move forward, you start to embrace the preciousness of our existence, and it's exhilarating, and it's empowering. That is the very first start. That is the very first value that comes with having an intimate relationship with our mortality. So why is this so challenging for us? Part of the problem is cognitive laziness. A lot of psychologists point out that uh, we often prefer the ease of hanging on to old views over the difficulty of grappling with new ones. So there's a lot of resistance to rethinking. And I promise, I promise, friends, when I started thinking about death more often, when I started to embrace it and started to develop a relationship with it, an intimate relationship with it, it was challenging. It was hard because I have lived a life like constantly avoiding the thoughts of death. So just remember, doing anything new or differently that you haven't done before, aka, you know, psychologically and emotionally approaching life with different perspectives and new meaning and purpose, it's not easy. It, it takes a little bit, but it doesn't have to take long. It didn't take me very long. To be transparent, it felt like it took a couple weeks before instead of feeling like super sad about the fact that life is so short, it started to empower me and enrich my life. It made things taste and feel and smell and look just so much more oh, vibrant and, and, and just precious, 100%. So just remember that this kind of stuff that we're talking about, if you feel your brain and your emotions kind of already kicking back, that's totally natural. That's how this works. Thinking again takes a lot of mental energy. As a matter of fact, our brains are built to try not to think about things in different perspectives and to hold on to old perspectives because it requires so much actual energy. 
So this kind of begs the question, when did we lose our intimate relationship with death and how did it happen? Why? And it looks like it was around the time of the the rise of the modern hospital, basically. And, and when we started to embalm humans, funerals and hospitals started to take over the process of dying and what we do with the dead body. And that that led to 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 that process being off of our plate and, and it led to not having to face death as much which seemed like a good thing i'm sure to people at the time but it's not our our relationship with death is something that i believe we should definitely continue to have because it enriches our life and it, and it brings more meaning and purpose and it helps us to get off our ass and take care of ourselves better and take care of each other so it also seems like Funeral homes and hospitals also wanted to monetize death. And why wouldn't they? Humans, myself included, we are all selfish beings. And, you know, obviously we want to try to do the best we can to to be aware of that so we don't take advantage of ourselves and others. But yes, it looks like they started to monetize it. And then to second it, it was with the rise of medicine, it seems like. Because... People started to believe that science could save us from death. And in a way, they kind of have. In a way, they've extended our lifespan, but our our quality of life has gone down. And, you know, that's just, that's where it comes from. Based on my research and these books, that's that's where it came from. So what are some actual qualities and what are some values that I am going to get developing and nurturing my intimate relationship with my own demise. As existential philosopher Martin Heidegger would say, if I take death into my life, acknowledge it and face it squarely, I will free myself from the anxiety of death and the pettiness of life. And only then will I be free to become myself. So there you go. I mean, based on the historical data, Ignoring death was was not always the American way. And that was said by Gary Laterman, a PhD and a historian at uh, a prestigious university. He quoted saying, in the 19th century and before, Americans were much more intimate with death and it was much more part of everyday life. Death was family and community based. It was homespun and homegrown. When someone died, the corpse was right there. So that's it, folks. Based on my knowledge, that is where we started to lose our intimate relationship with death. And now I kind of want to go into before that time and share some information from Buddhist teachings regarding death and loneliness. In When Things Fall Apart by Pima Chodron, and I hope I pronounce her name correctly, all anxiety, all dissatisfaction, All the reasons for hoping that our experience could be different are rooted in our fear of death. Fear of death is always in the background. As Zen master Shanru Suzuki Roshi once said, life is like getting into a boat that's just about to sail out to sea and sink. But it's very hard, no matter how much we hear about it, to believe in our own death. Many spiritual practices try to encourage us to take our own death seriously, but it's amazing how difficult it is to allow it to hit home. So as Victor E. Frankel would note, 
between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So since death comes for us all, and for the most part, we don't know exactly when, why waste this precious opportunity on pointless activities and toxic relationships? Why leave a hollow and unfulfilled path? Why leave it all to chance? Why not spend more time giving to causes greater than ourselves? Why not take total ownership and plan our life best we can and live the extraordinary life that we have the capacity to live? <laughs>